You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Last week we started, we were looking at the contemporary deception and we majored on self-deception. Self-deception. It's one thing when others deceive you. <laughs> but it's terrible when you deceive yourself. And we've, we've seen from the scriptures that it's quite easy to be self-deceived. Huh? And why are we dealing with deception? We should be dealing with success. We should be dealing with, you know, prosperity, breakthrough, miracle, all those things. Now, if you have success and you are deceived, <laughs> how does that help you? If you have a breakthrough and you are deceived with your breakthrough, huh? we know that one of the signs of the end times is deception. As a matter of fact, without deception, Satan would not have gotten the earth from Adam. Do you understand? So the fall of man started with deception. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah. Sin came, came in through deception. And I believe that that is why Satan has majored so much on deception. So this morning I want to share with you on what I call deceived by knowledge. Somebody say knowledge, knowledge. can be deceptive. <laughs> so, you know, the thing is, um, oftentimes we say, we quote the scripture that says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Is that not so? Yes. Now, people can perish for lack of knowledge, but people can be deceived with knowledge as well. And if they are deceived by knowledge, that means they can perish. <laughs> Interesting. And that's why it's important for us to be well grounded in the word so that we don't get deceived. If you remember in the garden... God put, there are many trees, there were many trees in the garden, right? But there was one in the midst of the garden that God told Adam not to eat from. What tree was that? Tree of knowledge of good and evil. Yes. So God said to him, you can eat of every tree in the garden. You can eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you are not supposed to eat. Because the day you eat from that tree, he says, you will die. And we know that, um, okay, let's read that scripture. Um, 
verse 8 of chapter 2 of Genesis, the Lord planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the eye and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So there's a tree of life, and there's a tree of what? Knowledge of good and evil. So, but this is interesting because we know Jesus even told us, and the Bible makes it very clear, that every tree you cannot have, a tree cannot, in the book of James, it says a tree cannot bring, huh? Both good and evil fruit. Am I correct? So, what is this that God has put in this garden? The tree of knowledge of good and evil. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. And guess what? That is the place that Satan began from. <laughs> His plan to take over humanity. His plan um, to rob man. His plan to steal the earth from man began from this tree. Yes? So, God, let's keep down to verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. And the Lord commanded the man saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Then we go to chapter 3. In chapter 3, this is where the deception took place. Now, we don't know the, 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 the time, the, the period of time between this instruction and what happened in chapter 3. We don't know. We don't know whether it's years, whether it's months, whether we don't know the period of time. Okay? But one thing is certain Adam and Eve have been, they've had some time together before, before they got tempted by the serpent. Verse 1 says, The serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree in the garden? Of course, the serpent knew. Satan knew what the instruction was. Correct? Yeah. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but... 
of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. Verse 5, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree desirable to make one wise, she took its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed for uh, fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. <laughs> so you see here, God says, you can eat everything. It's interesting. The moment you put a restriction, that's where man wants to go to. He had the liberty to eat. I mean, I, we don't know how many trees were there in the garden, but there was more than enough. Am I correct? Yeah, and also the tree of life was there. The tree of life is a tree that if you eat, if you eat for, from that tree, you live forever. Eternity was in that tree. And God says, you can eat from all of that, but don't touch, huh? or rather don't eat. Eve added, don't touch. Maybe Adam was the one that added that so that the wife doesn't go close. Don't even touch it. <laughs> huh? Because he probably knew his wife to be very inquisitive. <laughs> and he says, God says, we must not even touch it. Huh? Don't touch, don't eat. So if she does not touch, then she can't eat, she can't pluck the fruit. So, yeah. So somehow Adam added that but the serpent came and said, look, you guys, come on, think about it. How can just a tree, how can a fruit kill you? How? This is a tree of knowledge of good and evil. That tree has knowledge. Why would God say you shouldn't eat it? Because he doesn't want you to know some things. Alright? So God is hiding some knowledge from you. And if you eat that fruit, he knows himself that if you eat that fruit, your eyes will open. And you will see what God sees. But now you can't see it if you don't eat that fruit. Huh? So the quest... He was able to stir up a desire for knowledge in the woman. So much that when the woman saw the tree, she saw that it was good for food. Come on. Deceived. 
That's, deception is already working. So Satan sows the seed in her heart. He says, look, there is what you need to know that God does not want you to know. But I'm telling you, if you just eat this fruit, you'll be like God. And she looks at that fruit and the Bible says that she saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes. A tree desirable to make one wise. Is that true? Is it, is it true that it's supposed to make her wise? No. No. <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah. So she took it. So she, she broke the instruction of the husband. Don't touch. She touched it. Huh? She broke the instruction. Don't eat. She ate it. Huh? And then she turns to Adam. What are you waiting for? Huh? She gives it to Adam. And Adam takes it and he eats it. So, this tree, some people have said all kinds of things about this tree. Some people say it was an apple. You've heard that before? Yeah, some people say it was an apple. Some people say there are different things that they've said about that tree. But if it were important, God would have told us. So if he didn't tell us, that means it's not important. The main thing is they disobeyed. But what kind of knowledge of good and evil? That this knowledge, right? This is a knowledge that you gain without God. So knowledge... Adam and Eve were supposed to be to, to acquire knowledge from the Lord. But Satan brought them to a point where they aspired to know things without God. So they were created to learn from God. Okay? To learn in an environment whereby God is present. To learn in an environment whereby uh, the Holy Spirit is there. But no, Satan now comes and introduces them to a concept whereby you can know things. You don't need God. You are smart. This You will be wise on your own without God. So just eat it. Hmm? Just eat it and your eyes will open. And you, just, you don't need God to come and be explaining things to you every morning. Because God would visit Adam in the cool of the day and God will teach him things. If Adam had said to, to, the, um, to the wife when the serpent spoke to the wife and convinced her. If Adam had just said, okay, fine, what you are saying, let's wait tomorrow when God comes, we will confirm. 
Do you know it would have been a different story? It would have been a different story. But no, 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 no. You need to do it now. You need to eat it now, now. Because God, do, God doesn't want you to know some things. He's hiding some things from you. So if God does not reveal something to you, does that not mean that you don't need that information now? De Deuteronomy 29, 29, what does it say? Hmm? The secret things belong to God. The things that are revealed belong to us and to our children and our children's children. Okay. So there were things that had not yet been revealed to Adam, which obviously would have been revealed with time. And apart from that, if Adam asked God any question, God would answer. If you ask God, God will speak. But you want to know without asking. So this was a tree that, that uh, fed them with knowledge but detached them from God. So that's why I say deceived by knowledge. Because knowledge on its own without God can deceive. And that is why many people, many intelligent, smart people don't know God. Knowledge without God, the Bible tells us in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, chapter 8 verse 1, it says, knowledge uh, puffs up. It says, now concerning the things offered to idols, we know that we, have, we all have knowledge. Then it goes to say, knowledge does what? Puffs up. puffs up. But love edifies. So knowledge puffs up. What kind of knowledge? Knowledge without God. It puffs you up. You know what it means to puff up? Hmm? That means you look inflated. But in the real sense, there's no substance inside. When, so when something is puffed up, it looks bigger than it actually is. Are you getting my point? Yes. Yeah. So if knowledge on its own can puff you up. And I am amazed at how Many smart people are deceived by the enemy. They know, but they don't have God. So you can be so educated that you become, you miss God. Why? Because your knowledge can puff you up. Let's read this in another version. Um, amplified, let's see, amplified. Wow, really amplified. <laughs> now about food offered to idols of course we know that all of us possess knowledge concerning these matters yet men knowledge causes people to be puffed up to bear themselves loftily and be proud can you see that's what I'm looking for so knowledge make, can make you proud And this happens in every, in every sphere of life. 
I know a man, he is, I mean, I mean he, was, uh, he was a professor. And this guy, he needed a particular service. And I recommended someone, you know, who is very good in that field, to just go and help him sort this matter out. And this guy goes there, you know, on my recommendation. And, you know, help this guy sort things out. Very smart guy. Sorts things out. His, um, his operation up to scratch. Helping with the entire IT system, everything. Put everything in place. And it's now time to pay him. And... The guy is like, <laughs> he doesn't want to pay this guy. He says, well, you, you know, he, of course, he is trying to maybe negotiate or whatever, but the guy says, look, this thing took a lot of time. I put in so much effort. I actually undercharged you. My normal rate is so much. And this man gets upset. He says, do you know who I am? <laughs> You know, yeah. I have how many PhDs? Now, listen, your PhDs have nothing to do with the service that he rendered to you. Are you getting my point? Yeah, if your PhDs could help you, why did you call him? You should have sorted, you should have used your PhDs to sort out this matter. But you needed this guy's service. So pay him for his service. And don't be so inflated with your PhDs that you lose sight of, you know, just mere ethics. Come on. Don't be deceived by your achievements. Don't be deceived by what you know. So sometimes when you know a lot, you need to be careful. The more you know, the more you need to be careful. The more you know, the more you need to humble yourself. Because once pride comes in, do you know what? Pride goes before a fall. So before a fall. If the enemy cannot stop you from accessing knowledge, he will allow you to access knowledge. But then, without God, he knows that he still got you. So you see how deception works. So if he cannot deceive you directly, he can use knowledge to deceive you. <laughs> Come on. How many people know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you, I'm sure you, uh, you've, you've come across people that are well informed <laughs> in certain areas. And then you notice the arrogance. Come on. Yeah, you notice the arrogance, and guess what? The arrogance is what causes God to resist them. You see? We are in the age of deception. Knowledge causes people to be puffed up, to bear themselves loftily, and be proud. But love 
affection and goodwill and benevolence edifies, builds up, encourages one to grow to full stature. So when you have knowledge and you mix it with love, it helps to balance you. You see? Otherwise, you will not be, you will not be able to keep your head <laughs> in the right place. Because if your head is bigger than your, <laughs> than your stature, how many people know that you will struggle to be balanced? Yes? But that's what knowledge does. So you are walking and you, know, you are so inflated with what you know. Even if it is spiritual knowledge, spiritual knowledge can inflate you with pride. Natural knowledge can inflate you with pride. When you know a lot of the scripture, you need to be careful because it can make you proud. It can puff you up like the Pharisees. Hallelujah. Let's read verse 2 of um, 1 Corinthians 8. It says, if anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. Hi, ah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> how many people know something? <laughs> he says, don't even, if you think. Notice how what he says. If anyone thinks that he knows anything. Not that he knows. If, he didn't say if anyone knows. If anyone thinks that he knows anything huh? he knows nothing yet as he ought to know so in other words whatever we know we don't yet know what we ought to know so what does that mean be humble be humble if you don't want to be deceived be humble <laughs> Be humble. So, I have seen that the most, the most brutal, the most wicked people actually know some things. <laughs> yeah, they know some things. So, we don't know as much as we should know. Why do I say that? The Bible makes it very clear. Look at um, Psalm 119, verse 160. 119-160. Look at that. The entirety of your word is truth. Huh? And every one of your righteous judgments endure forever. The entirety of your word is truth. So, if you know a part and you walk with the assumption that you know the full, or the whole. How many people know you are deceived already? 
Because you're working with the assumption, it's like somebody, you know, he goes to school, day one, he learns ABC. All right? He learns ABC. And he goes home and he thinks, I know everything about the alphabet. Meanwhile, it's just ABC you learn, you have not learned the rest. So he is operating with the assumption that he knows all the alphabets. Meanwhile, he only knows ABC. The, so it's the same thing with the Word of God. God can only, t- can only show us in part. He cannot show us everything because we don't have the capacity to grasp everything at once. You're not yet at that place. You are still in a fallen state. Your mind is not yet fully renewed. Your mind is not saved. Your soul is not yet saved. Your spirit is saved, but your mind still has to catch up. So because of that, he he gives you a little today, a little tomorrow. That's why you need to continue in the word on a daily basis. Why? So it can help you to grow. So the assumption by many of us is this. God reveals something to you. Or you come, you hear one message, and you think you know everything. I'm amazed at how. I have preached some messages, and people have taken those messages and responded. I remember years ago, I preached one message. Oh, my. You've stayed long enough on this mountain. (laughs) And after preaching, preaching... This lady comes to me and she says, Pastor, I received that word. Actually, she didn't, doesn't come to me. I, she just vanishes. Then, like, I'm like, where are you? What happened? She said, no, you know, in fulfillment of the word, I have moved. So, she left the church because she saw that I have been long enough on this mountain which is the church. I've been long enough in this church, so now it's time to move. And she moves. Is that what I was saying? But you see, when you know, when you only know in part, and you don't have the full picture, there is a likelihood to make a wrong decision, to make a wrong move, to be deceived by the enemy. Glory to God. So I've seen that a few, I mean, a a few times. Let me just say that. Let me not uh, exaggerate it. But, you know, sometimes you don't know why people do what they do. But I have seen that again and again, and it's based on partial knowledge. So partial knowledge is a breeding ground for deception. So the fact that you know a little bit, he says the entirety of your word is truth. It's not, it's, not, it's not every aspect of the word that is the truth about everything. So you have to be able to, to, um, to put it in the context of the entire scripture. That's when you really know the truth. So that's why I say you can be deceived by the truth. As a matter of fact, Satan uses the truth to deceive. 
For example, when he came to Eve, did you notice that he did not introduce, he did not just introduce his own word. He started with what God said. You see, he said, has God said, did God say, then Eve now, you know, tells him what God said or what she was told because she was not there when God told Adam, right? God told Adam, Eve came later. So Adam passed what God told him to his wife and obviously added some things to it. <laughs> and uh, Eve being a woman, women have a way of, you know, of amplifying whatever. <laughs> of multiplying whatever you give to them. You get my point? Yeah, they have a way of multiplying whatever you give to them. You give them money, they multiply it, and you have food on the table, you know? <laughs> you give them a seed, they give you a child, and, you know, things like that. So, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're created to be able to increase whatever it is. <laughs> it's a good quality. <laughs> so, yeah. And as usual, she, she, she tells Satan, and Satan uses the same, he uses the same word to now, he now mixes it with his. So when the devil wants to deceive people, he will look for the scripture that you believe and you are not well grounded in. Are you following me? You are not well rooted in that that he wants to push you quickly. That's how. What, that's one of the ways he deceives with the truth. So he will use the word. He will use what you know. He will use what you believe to deceive you. And that's why it helps when you are on the authority. It helps when you are accountable. It helps when, 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 you, um, when you don't just take major decisions without consultation. Because many people just, they just make decisions. I mean, and these are like critical decisions, life-changing decisions. They just, oh. And then later on, it's like they start blaming God. <laughs> God, why did you do this to me? And meanwhile, God was not involved in that decision. Yes? If you come to me and say, God said this, this, this. Ah, the moment I say, God said... <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> if God has spoken, who, who am I to, to question what God has said? Are you getting my point? Yeah. So if you come and say, God said, ah. all right. <laughs> all the best. Yeah. But I have had different instances. Fortunately, some of the guys, some of the people that, that um, I have seen the enemy try to deceive come to me. They say, oh, look, I had this vision. I had this dream. And I feel God is telling me this. 
And then I said, okay, fine. Let's analyze this. Okay? And I break it down. And I say, do you think God will be saying this because, of, because he shows you this? Have you considered that this might be what it means in the context of this, based on this principle? Because God will never violate his principles. I say, oh, wow. I never saw it like that. I say, yeah. But, you know, you need to consider that. Go pray, but look at it this way. And oftentimes I've seen that that has saved them from making a blunder. So you can see something, you can hear something, but at the same time, you can be deceived if you are not careful. Why? God said it. I'll never forget the time that, you know, I was praying and I heard this voice and I got up and I went to tell Pastor Sam, look, I'm going to Ghana, this, 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 because I heard this. And he tried to get through to me. He said to me, look, uh, this might not be what it means. And uh, I didn't listen. <laughs> I got, I mean, I, I found my way to Ghana, went to Accra. Go to Accra. I'm, I'm, I'm pursuing this word that I receive. <laughs> Did I suffer? My God. <laughs> it was rough. Let me just put it that way. It was rough. I went to Ghana, from Ghana to Kumasi. I was in Kumasi and I. Shoo, 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 shoo. I came back with nothing. It was a wasted journey. Fruitless journey. I just, I learned a hard, the hard way. So the tree of knowledge of good and evil is a tree that, that offers you knowledge by experience. Rather than by instruction. You see, so they, they eat from that tree. Now they have an experience of evil. Which was not part of God's plan for them. They are supposed to know about good and evil, but not by experience. Are you getting my point? So, but the enemy will always try to offer you knowledge by experience. Now, I'm not saying knowledge by experience is bad, but there are certain things you don't need to experience. Am I correct? Yeah, you don't, you, you don't need to experience HIV to know that it's bad. Correct? Yeah, you don't need that. So, the, the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil always offers experience outside of God, outside of God's best for you. And that's where deception takes place. <laughs> that's where deception takes place. So even if you have part knowledge, it can deceive you. If you know something, just check it out. Just prove it. That's why the Bible says prove all things. Yes? Even if you know, prove it. 
That's why even as, um, even when you, when you were studying, there are things you knew, but you still were tested. Your knowledge has to be tested. What you believe you know has to be tested. And then when it is finally, uh, when you are approved, then you are rewarded. Am I correct? You are rewarded with a certificate. You can know those things, but if it has not been tested, <laughs> it can't go anywhere. You can't go anywhere and say, I know this. Because who has proven it? Correct? Yeah. So the other thing I want, us to, uh, I want to emphasize in how the enemy also uses knowledge to, um, to deceive us. You can see that in the parable of the sower. In the parable of the sower, Jesus was talking about four different soil types. There's one of the soil types hmm, that um, falls on the, this, where the seed fell on the stony ground. Now, let's look at the parable of the sower, Matthew 13. Verse 3 says, Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they, it, it, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell on, uh, among thorns and so on. Then the disciples came to him to, to ask him for an explanation. And he begins to explain this parable to them. And uh, verse 19 he says, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the word by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. I want you to notice that. He hears the word. Okay? He receives it. So in other words, he knows some things. Am I correct? Yeah, if you receive the word, the word comes. The Bible says the entrance of the word brings light. It gives understanding to the simple. So if the word comes and you receive it, that means you know some things. Correct? Yeah, if you receive it, you receive it because you know some things. Then let's read the next verse. Come on. It says, yet he has no root in himself. He knows some things, 
but he doesn't have any root in himself. He's not well grounded yet. He knows. Huh? But endures only for a while. Can you see that? So what he knows, the superficial knowledge that we have does not last. Why? Jesus is helping us to see there. He says, for when tribulation or persecution arises because of what? Because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Oh. So the, the knowledge that you have is under attack. And if you are not well grounded... What he's saying is that persecution can come. Right? Persecution will come. Tribulation will come. The enemy is going to attack what you know. What you have received. The word you have received. He will attack that. And if he attacks that, people whose hearts are stony and don't yet have enough root and not well rooted tend to be offended. The word to stumble is the same word for offense, scandalon. All right? So they get offended. Haven't, don't you know people that, you know, get offended? This thing is not working for me. God has abandoned me. You know, this is this, what, whatever, whatever it's that is it. So, what you know, the enemy can use that to now begin to question your conviction. You say, okay, fine. You say God loves you. Look at what you are going through. If God loves you, why will he allow you to go through what you are going through? Curse God and die. You see? If Job did not have deep roots, sure. would he have survived? No. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. He would have been deceived into cursing God. And it's interesting that the wife told him, why do you still hold on to your integrity? Just curse God and die. This God is not worth it. And your father, that's the same sentence that Satan made to God. He says, Take, touch his body. He will curse you to your face. Yeah. So the wife now says to him, you curse God and die. But the guy would not. He lost everything. But yet he held on. So when, you're, when you, what you know is partial and is not deep enough, you can also be deceived. You can be deceived when you get offended. Do you understand? Yeah, offense can lead to deception. I can prove it to you. Offense can lead to deception. When you are offended, there is a way you start seeing that person. <laughs> yeah. Even the good in that person will appear evil. When you are offended at someone. Your heart can deceive you. Hmm? Is that not so? Jeremiah 17. 
It says the heart is deceitful. So what happens is this. You have partial knowledge. Your heart is using that. And the heart is such that the enemy a lot of times has access to the heart. He can, he can just come to your heart and then manipulate your heart to, 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 to think and to believe certain things. He will suggest certain things to you. And if you are not well grounded, he will deceive you. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And this is very true, I'm telling you. The heart is one of the things that Satan uses to deceive us. Don't you hear, oh, follow your heart. Yeah? yeah? How many of us have said that? Yeah. Come on, just follow your heart. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you can follow it. Look at what Jeremiah tells you about it. <laughs> follow your heart. My goodness. Hmm. So when you put whatever it is, whatever it is that you know, try to, try to remind yourself that you don't know enough about what you know and be humble about it. Okay? And stay vitally connected to the Lord so that he can help you to manage that knowledge that you have. It's good that you at least have acquired some knowledge. But have the humility that you don't know enough about what you know. Glory. Hmm? That's why it's interesting that we're talking about deception. But you know that even the more you know about this, you might think you know everything about it. And that can be deceptive. And if you think you... I can never be deceived. That you're already deceived for thinking like that. Glory to God. So I'm trusting God that we will be kept from deception. We'll be kept from self-deception and we will not be deceived by what we know. We will not be deceived by what we know. Glory to God. My Lord and my God, I think we need to pray. Have you learned something this morning? We're in the age of deception. So we need to know the ways, the tricks of the enemy. How he just comes in to deceive. Whenever he comes, may the Lord show you. Show you that this is the enemy speaking. He, try, he tried to deceive Jesus. Do you understand? He tried to use knowledge to deceive Jesus. Uh, Peter says, you are Christ, the son of the living God. That was knowledge. Am I correct? But Satan steps in with that same knowledge to mislead Peter. To deceive Peter into thinking that Jesus will never die. Meanwhile, God's will was for Jesus to die. And he takes Jesus aside and begins to rebuke him. He says, far be it. This is not going to happen to you. You're not going to die. Where did he, who, who told him that? His heart deceived him. Do you understand? Satan got in 
and deceived him with the knowledge that he had. It was partial knowledge. But he thought that he now was in a position to rebuke Jesus. <laughs> so even when you are right, you need to be careful how you handle what you know. Okay? Let it not deceive you. He calls Jesus, takes him aside and says, far be it from you. You are not going to, be, you are not going to die. Jesus immediately spotted it. He saw, this is Satan. He says, get thee behind me, Satan. You don't care about the things of God, only the things of men. Can you see? He doesn't care about God's will and God's purpose, right? His knowledge is detached from God's will and God's purpose. And that's one of the ways Satan gets us. So we need to, we need to pray that God will help us even to manage what we know. What we already know. If you are part of this church, you are above average in terms of knowledge. Yes. I'm telling you. In terms of knowledge of the scriptures, you are above knowledge, uh, average. So, but you have to be careful that what you know does not deceive you. That the enemy does not use what you know to deceive you. Why? Because we teach you the word of God. We're not teaching you men's opinions. We're not teaching you, you know, popular opinion. We're not teaching you, you know, oh, philosophies of men and, and whatever. No, 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 no. The word, the word. So be careful that what you know does not become your stumbling block. Let's stand up on our feet and let's pray. Come on. Mighty God. We bless your name. We bless your name. Ask the Lord to help you with what you know. <laughs> to help you to be humble. To help you not to be puffed up. Lord my God. Let knowledge not puff us up. Let what we know not make us deceived. Let what we know not become our stumbling block. Mighty God. I don't want to be puffed up. My Lord and my God. Give us the ability. To manage what we know. Mighty God, I pray, O oh Father, that we will not be found wanting, that the enemy will not use what we know to deceive us. Mighty God, let wisdom preserve us. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of understanding, my Lord and my God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord.
preserve us from deception deception of the age deception deception the deception of our generation lord my god keep us oh father from every kind of deception help us oh god help us oh god my lord and my god Thank you, Lord. I bless your name. I give you glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.